0: Well, we are in uh, week four of this series, and this series is really all about discovering your purpose. Why do I exist? Why am I here? And we've even created a um, core cause assessment. How many of you have taken part of the assessment or a little bit of the assessment? All right, good. That's awesome. Uh, you can go online. On your chair is a card that has the link, so you can go online, take the assessment. There's a short one. takes like 10 minutes, or you can take the full assessment. But it's what you, this is got, I really want to encourage you, you need to take the assessment because it just complements this series. If you come and just sit and listen, it's not going to be enough for you. You really need to take that. In fact, I want you to uh, meet another person that's been taking the assessment. It's Wendy English, so give Wendy a hand. Wendy's coming up. So there's, there's five different assessments when you take this, C-A-U-S-E. We talked about uh, compassion, there's a holy discontent that God has put inside of you. The question we asked, if you want to write this down under the letter C, is what mess in the world messes with me? If you didn't catch that message, I encourage you to go listen to the podcast. Then we talked about abilities, and then we, and when we talked about abilities, it's how uh, I can be great at something because God has put something great in me. And then last week we talked about UBU, personalities. We've all been given a unique personality. You be you, and anybody who's here, I'll be me. And so this week we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. And Wendy is one of our um, advisory board members. She's one of the leaders in the church. And so, what I want you to know is the staff has gone through this assessment, and then your leaders as well, your advisory board members uh, have gone through this as well. And Wendy is one of those. And then we went through spiritual gifts. What were some of your gifts?
1: Well, the first that came up, it was overwhelmingly, it was um, mercy, which was kind of interesting to me because it wasn't too long ago that when people would come to me and talk to me about some of the things that were going on in their life that were devastating, um, I really could not relate. I could not really um, enter in or connect with them Um, But it's nothing like having devastating things happen to you personally in order for you to really be able to connect with people. So um, for me, mercy was just simply stepping into the mess of someone else's life, Um, essentially just not trying to fix them or tell them what's wrong with them or what to do. Is there anybody out there like that? Mm -hmm. If that's you, come down. We'll pray for you with the laying of hands. <laughs> no, but seriously, just stepping into, um, just sitting in the dirt with your friends and family and just showing some empathy and some compassion because we are the hands and feet of the church, of mm-hmm. Jesus. And we are to do that, not about fixing people, but just loving on them.
0: It's so great because, um, and I've shared this before, I, I, every time I take the spiritual gifting test, I score a zero in mercy. Zero! Zero! I get nothing. I've even tried to cheat the test. And I'm the pastor. I'm like, I'm supposed to get something. And so I'm sitting in front of the advisory board. I'm like, yeah, big fat zero on mercy. And I said, you know, you don't want me to come to see you in the hospital. I mean, as long as it's not life threatening, I'm going to show up. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to pat you. Okay? I don't. Hey, hey, hope you get feeling better. You want Wendy, right? That's who you want to come. All right? And I love it that Wendy is discovering her gifts, and and many of you are discovering your gifts, and we're going to talk about that this morning. Give Wendy a hand and thank her for coming up. All right, so let's get into the Word. If you have a Bible, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4. Uh, and if you don't have a Bible, we give them away for free. Uh, at the end of the service, just come right down here to the front, and we'll make sure we put one in your hands, or you can go to the next step room, and we'll give one to you as well. But if you have a mobile device uh, and you don't have a Bible, go to corechurch.com and download a Bible right there. And I read out of what's called the New Living Translation. So if you're on a mobile device, look for the NLT so it'll make sense to you. And so I'm reading out of 1 Peter. Now, Peter, uh, if you're new to church or new to the Bible... Peter is a guy that we talked about in the last couple of weeks. He is the leader of the church. He's the one who denied Jesus. He was recruited as a fisherman to be one of his 12 disciples, and he went on to become kind of the founder and the leader of the church. He preached the very first sermon in the church. And so he wrote this letter to the churches, and he wanted them to learn uh, about who Jesus was and how we should be following him. So let's go to 1 Peter Chapter 4, if you, and if you would, stand with me as we give honor to God's Word. We're going to be in verse 10. First Peter, not 2 Peter, 1 Peter, chapter 4 and verse 10 and 11. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And do you have a gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Well, do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray as we prepare to hear from the word of God. Father, thank you for uh, your spirit already being here. Thank you for every person that is represented here. And I'm asking God in the moments that we have together that you'd speak over them, that you love them you have a plan for them, and you put great things inside of them. Church, I want to ask you, if you would, just to pray for those around you. You don't have to do that out loud, but if you're a follower of Jesus, let's just begin to pray for one another and just say that we would all be open, that we would hear from God. We need him to open up our minds, take all distractions aside, pray that God would help you to be open to what he wants to say, and then pray for me as your pastor, that I'll be faithful to the text, I'll be faithful to what the Holy Spirit wants us to hear today, And in Jesus' name, if you're ready to hear from the Word of God, give me a big amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, how many of you uh, filled out a March Madness bracket? Okay, hands up. Let's audience participation here. All right, okay. Some, Some of you did. How many of you could care less about March Madness? Okay, the majority of you, okay. How many of you, like, have no clue what March Madness even is? You're like, is that like Black Friday? Did I miss that? Were there some shopping days? Did I miss the deals? That's what I mean. I, um, so those of you that don't know what March Madness is, shame on you. That's like not knowing who the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are. I, oh, come on, somebody. Okay, listen. Here's what happens. We all geek out on something, don't we? I mean, this is something that you love that nobody else quite gets. That's mine. I love college basketball. And I live for this tournament every year called March Madness. It's the NCAA basketball tournament. So, you've probably seen the office pool that they do, although none of us participate in that, do we? Um, we don't gamble. But we, so you get a bracket and you fill out this bracket, and it's the men's tournament and who's gonna win the national championship. And I love it. I take two vacation days, people. On the first two days of this tournament, I, I check out, I don't ask for anything, it's Christmas in March for me, I tell my kids, leave me alone, okay, I tell them that every day, but I specifically, I specifically tell them that on those two days, I go out and I rent a dad, here, go see him, okay, I'm trying to watch the game, I mean, my family knows this. I, I love it. I love to sit down, and I fill out the bracket, and I make my whole family fill out a bracket. Laura hates March Madness, and she just despises it. Sky has no clue what any team is doing, and she doesn't really care either, but she loves me, so she's like, Daddy, I'll fill out the bracket. And this is the thing. She has beat me two <laughs> years in a row. That's just sad. Seriously, she doesn't know any of the teams. She knows a few that I like, but she primarily does her picks based off of the mascots. (laughs) Which ones are cute and which one can beat another one? Like, let's see, the pirates are taking on the bears. I think the bear could take a pirate. I'm going with the California bears. That's who I think is going to win that game. And she's beat me two years in a row. Well, this year, If you missed it, let me bring you up to speed because you really need to know this. You need to know scripture and you need to know this about uh, the championship game. This year was probably one of the top five, if not the best championship game in the history of the NCAA tournament. In fact, the ending of that game was definitely the best ending to any NCAA championship ever. I know probably most of you stayed up and saw that, but that, if you didn't, let me recap it for you. North Carolina was playing Villanova. I'm going to make you really smart right now, okay? Really smart when you go to work. North Carolina's playing Villanova. There's 4.7 seconds left in the game, and North Carolina is down by three, and they hit a shot, a three-pointer, tie it up. Villanova calls it a timeout with 4.7 seconds to go. It's all tied up, and then this happened. To the with Archie Diakono, Three seconds at midcourt. Well, Jenkins gives it to Jenkins for
1: the championship. <laughs>
0: If there's any time, and boy, they've got a problem on their hands if they do,
1: because the streamers, the confetti.
0: That was one of the most exciting moments I had ever seen in sports. I mean, the fans were going nuts, the players are going nuts. I jump up out of my seat, I grab my son Jeremiah. We're jumping up and down, we're rolling on the floor. No, we were not rolling on the floor. I jumped up. I was going berserk. My son is sitting on the couch like, really, Dad? I'm like, did I just see that? That was amazing. Sky's awake. Now Laura is awake because it's so late. They're like, is the house on fire? What's going on? You're not going to believe what happened. And they just didn't really care. <laughs> they didn't care. And when I was watching that replay over and over, there's something about those players, about players and the way that they celebrate different than fans, different than the casual observer. You could just see it in their face, the joy in the face of those players because they knew they had played a part. They knew that they had made a difference and players celebrate on a whole nother level than fans do. And I see this a lot at Core Church. We have something we call baptism. That's our buzzer beater. And we have baptism. We baptize, uh, I think, 13 out of 16 weeks so far. Is that not awesome, 13 out of 16 weeks? And I watch this every week. It's just so much fun to watch. We, when I take that person down under the water and I bring them up to new life, I mean, you people come out of your seats and you go nuts. And it is awesome to watch when I'm in that pool and I turn that baptism candidate around and they see you celebrating, it's amazing. Now I know when we do baptism for, for some of you, you you see that and you go, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's baptism. I, I baptism is special and and it's neat and everything, but I I don't quite get why why do people like jump up and scream and celebrate and go so crazy? I can tell you why, because. They are the players, because they're the ones with skin in the game. Because the reason you may never have realized this before, the reason you stand up, the reason you go so crazy whenever you see a baptism is because you know, I played a part in that. I did something to make that happen. That's what makes the church work. And so this is what we've been talking about during this series. We've been talking about discovering your core cause discovering your purpose. You have a role to play. You have a part to play. God has a position on the floor that he wants you to play. We we call that your core cause. And so today, what I want to talk about is spiritual gifts. So as we've been talking about spiritual gifts, and you saw Wendy come up here and she talked about her spiritual gifts, for many of you, you may be asking the question, what is a spiritual gift? Like, I, I don't really know what that means. And Maybe you're here and you've heard of spiritual gifts, but you your question is, well, who gets them? Do, do I get one, do, or does it just, is there something special I have to do in order to, to get that gift? And, and then, how, how do spiritual gifts work? It sounds so mystical. How do, how do, they, how do they work? Well, let's talk about that for a few minutes. Let's go back to First Peter, because I think Peter helps answer Those questions. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Let's look at just the first part of this verse. Peter says this God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of what? Let's say this together. What? Spiritual gifts. God has given each of us a spiritual gift. Now, spiritual gifts, we need to know the spiritual gifts are are different than, than abilities and natural talents. Okay? I talked about abilities a couple of weeks ago. And we talked about God, when you are born, you get these natural gifts and these natural abilities that you just have. You were just born with them. I mean, it might be you can cook, or you're an artist, or you like music, or you're tech savvy, um, and, or um, this actually happened this week to me. Uh, I, I got to share what happened, Laura, uh, to us. So I'm, uh, I guess I'm, I'm sleeping, so I don't know, as Laura tells me this happened this week. And so I guess I'm asleep, and Laura says that I'm a snorer. Uh, I've never heard myself snore, uh, so I cannot verify that. But she will, like, nudge me, tell me to roll over on my side, or just to flat knock it off. And so this night, she says what happened is, is I was snoring, and, and so she was saying, hey, 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 hey. And I was like, what? And she said, no, no. Like, what am I, the dog? You know, and she's like, No. And I'm like, and I'm just groggy. I don't remember this. And I'm groggy, and I'm like, no, no, what? She said, you're snoring. You need to stop. I can't sleep. And I said, this is what she said. I said, I can't help it. It's my God-given ability. <laughs> and then I said, you be you, and I'll be me. And I rolled over, and I went back to sleep. So maybe that's your God-given ability, and you didn't even know it. Be used in the kingdom for his purposes and his plans. So use that on your wife or ladies. If that's you, you could use that on your husband, okay? But natural abilities and talents, they're, they're given to you when you are born physically, okay? But what are spiritual gifts, Spiritual gifts are spiritual abilities. And gifts is another word for abilities. And spiritual gifts are given to you when you are spiritually reborn. So when you became a Christ follower, if you were here today and you placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you confessed your sins to him, and you said, I'm tired of living for myself. I'm tired of my jacked-up life. I'm going to turn, and I'm going to start following Jesus. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And if you've done that, in that moment, when you did that, The Holy Spirit came into you, and he birthed in you spiritual gifts. He gave you a gift. Now, if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, you say, what what about me? You, You do not have spiritual gifts yet because you've not been spiritually reborn. But God wants to give you a gift. He wants everyone to have spiritual gift, and he has one for you. And so Peter is talking about it right here. So if you're taking notes, please write this down. Spiritual gifts are given for spiritual growth. Spiritual gifts are given for spiritual growth. They're given for spiritual growth in you, and they're given for spiritual growth in those around you, to be used to help others grow in their gifts. Let's go back to, to verse 10. Let's look at it again. He said this. God has given what? Each of you. Yeah. He's given what? The gift to what? Each of us. Come on, say that together. Each of us a gift. All right. Turn to, turn to whoever's next to you and just say, you got one and I got one. Okay? You got one. I got one. What, what Peter is saying is no nobody gets left out. Nobody is left out. Everybody gets a gift and and Peter actually says it this way, God has a great variety of gifts. So there's not like one or two, and those are the only ones. There's a lot of different gifts. In fact, this week in our God Time, we put together a daily devotional that goes right along with this message, and you can get it right on our website, right on the front page is a link to it. Uh, And and on that God Time this week, we're going to be talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that's a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the Corinthian church, and in that letter, he talked about some of the spiritual gifts. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, list of gifts, but it's many of the gifts. And so let me just give you some of these gifts that Paul lists. He says, here are some of the spiritual gifts. There's wisdom, there's healing, there's miracles, there's faith, there's helps, there's leadership, there's teaching, there's prophecy. Let me ask, have you, have you ever been around somebody who has the gift of wisdom, the spiritual gift of wisdom. Like you have a a problem and you're trying to figure out an answer. Have you ever had somebody come to you, give you advice, and you're like, thank you, no. Like you're just like, I appreciate that, but that's just jacked up, that's messed up. But have you ever had somebody, when you're having a problem or a struggle, an issue, you don't know what to do, and somebody comes up and they give you some advice and you're like, yes. How did you know that? That's amazing. That's the spiritual gift. Of wisdom. You ever been reading the Bible and you don't understand a passage? Like you're you're sitting there and you're trying to to figure it out, and then somebody comes along and they start talking about that verse of scripture and they explain it in a way that you go, "How, how did you get that out of that? Because when I read that, I, I didn't get that. What I, I didn't." What's a cherubim anyway? I don't understand that. It's like—is that—is that a hip hop band? Is that somebody that opened up for Drake? Who is that? Cherubim? I don't know. I mean, have you ever done that? Like, you—somebody you, comes along and they explain it, and you're like, "I get it." That's the spiritual gift of teaching. Some people have the the spiritual gift of intercession. Like, when they're praying, you ever had somebody like when they're praying for you? And, and they're praying, and you kind of want to peek because you're like, is that Jesus standing there? I think that's Jesus standing there. <laughs> like, you want to just poke them? Are you real? Because they have this way of connecting to, to God like, like you cannot connect, and it's just amazing. That's the spiritual gift of intercession or, or prayer. And so Peter and Paul are both telling us that there's, there's different gifts and, and it's so important that you take the cause assessment. This is why it's so important, because you need to know and understand your gifts. You need to know what gifts you have and what gifts you don't have. I, I remember years ago, before I was ever in ministry, I'd never taken a spiritual gifting test. I didn't know what they were. I didn't know what it was. I was a follower of Jesus, but I didn't know anything about gifts. And in the church we were a part of, which wasn't this church, this church wasn't even around, there was a leader in that church. And every time I'd get around this guy... I just felt like something was jacked up about him. And I would talk to Laura, and I would say, I'm, it's driving me crazy because he's a leader. Everybody loves this guy. But, but I feel like I'm being so judgmental. Like, I know, I feel like something's not right with this guy. And I just feel horrible. And I would almost go into this repentance mode of like, God, forgive me for being judgmental. and I don't even know what to be judgmental about, but I don't know what's going on. Well, a couple years later... It came out that he wasn't who he said he was. And he messed up his family. He disappointed the church, hurt the church, hurt people that were in, in the church. I didn't know at the time that I had the spiritual gift of discernment. I didn't know that. That was my, a gift that God had given to me. So it's important that you know your gifts because when you take your gifting test, what you're going to discover is if you don't have the gift of discernment, you may have the gift of being judgmental. And you need to repent of that, Okay? Oh, wait, I don't have that gift. I guess I am being judgmental. You need to know your gifts. And so this is what Peter is trying to talk to us about here. He says this, that gifts are given by God. In other words, you can't pick them, and and everybody gets one. You don't get to earn it, and it's already in you if you're a follower of Jesus. Turn to somebody and tell them, it's already in you. You have a gift, and it's all Ready in you, given by God. Last week I was talking about how I absolutely hate surprises. I just don't. That's, we were talking about personalities last week and I just don't like to be surprised. And, but Laura's the opposite of that. She loves surprises. And so she had a real monumental birthday uh, happen this year. She turned 29. You're welcome. <laughs> so she, she had a big birthday and I decided I was going to put on this. Surprise party for her. And, and so I made all of these plans, and, and I, I was real secretive about it, so she wouldn't know anything about it, and I was contacting all of her really close friends to be there, and I, I decided we're going to do this, and we're going to Okay, I'm lying about part of this. I actually just, in full disclosure, as a pastor, I'm, I, I called two of her friends, and I said, could you throw a party for her? And, <laughs> and they said yes, and, and then I just took credit for it. So... But, but, it, but it was still amazing, okay? So we, I, get her and I get her out to the party, and it's at a friend's house, and we, she has no idea. She comes inside all of her friends are there. It was just an unbelievable night. I was just, I was the man. I was like, yeah, I was just awesome. And, and two days later, I was in the closet, and I was pulling out a pair of shoes to wear that day, and I looked up, and I had forgotten to give her her birthday gifts, So in that moment, man, I had a decision to make because she loved that party, but I forgot to give her a gift. So all I can say is she's going to have an amazing Mother's Day, an amazing, <laughs> amazing Mother's Day. Listen, all, many of you, not all of you, but many of you have had a, a spiritual birthday party. Like you've given your life to Jesus. You've been baptized. You've gone under the water. People celebrated and they went crazy. And, and then you thought, well, that's just it. Now when I'm done, I just, I just take my seat. And, and when it comes to spiritual gifts that Peter's talking about here, you think, oh, well, God somehow forgot me. Or somehow he kind of overlooked me. Or maybe you have this, this impression that, that, well, gifts, they're, they're reserved for the pastors or, or the spiritual giants that are around us. And Peter says, all of us, all of us have spiritual gifts And they are given to help the church. Look at verse 10 again, in the second half of verse 10. He says this, use them well. He's talking about spiritual gifts. Use them well to what? Let's say this together. Serve one another. Spiritual gifts are given for spiritual growth in you and in those around you. You've been given a gift, and it plays a vital part in the local church. It's so important that you know your gift, you understand your gift, and that you're using your gift. Now, how, how you approach, this is interesting, how you approach serving and helping others depends on your spiritual gift. Let me give you an example of this. Let's say I'm, I'm carrying a plate of food, okay, and, and I'm carrying this plate of food, and I drop the plate of food. And let's say there's five people standing around, when this happens in the church. I guarantee you, in that moment, all five are going to default to their spiritual gift. Some of you have the spiritual gift of helps, and that so if one of them has the spiritual gift of helps, they're going to come up, and they're immediately going to get down and start cleaning up the mess, because that's who you are. You have the spiritual gift of helps. Some of you are like Wendy. You have the gift of mercy, and if I drop that plate, you would come up, and you'd give me a hug. I, I wouldn't want the hug, but you'd give me the hug. And you'd be like, hey, Brad, it's okay, man. We've all been there. We're all broken like that plate, Brad. I've been there. I mean, you just, you would do that. If you had this spiritual gift of teaching, you would come up and you'd say, hey, Brad, I can tell you why you dropped your plate. That's because when you're carrying it like this, is it? Thank you. All right? If you have the spiritual gift of leadership? If you have the spiritual gift of leadership, you're going to come up and what you're going to do is go, okay, hey, Tom, you go get a mop. And uh, Susie, you go get Brad another plate of food, and you're just going to be making people go wherever they need to go. Or if you have the spiritual gift of prophecy, you're going to say, "Hey, Brad, I could have told you that was going to happen." <laughs> so we all, we all have spiritual gifts, and, and they all play a part. And your, your spiritual gift, it wasn't given just for your benefit. What what Peter is trying to tell us right here is it was given to serve one another. It was given for the benefit of others, and it's so important that we all operate in our spiritual gifts. You need to use your gifts. I need to use my gifts. Somebody in this church needs your gift, and you need their gift. Some of you are facing a problem You have a struggle right now. And you don't have an answer. You don't know what to do. There's a decision that needs to be made and you just don't know how to take that next step. And somebody here has the gift of wisdom. And you could come alongside that person and you could speak wisdom into their life where you could help them to boldly take that next step. Some of you are here, and it's hard for you to even pay attention to what I'm saying, because you're so broken. You've had a, a loss in your life. Something's happened to you. It's devastating. There's there's just a difficult, dark cloud around you, and you need somebody to come alongside you that has the gift of encouragement. Some of you have the spiritual gift of encouragement, and you don't even know it. And right now, God wants to use you to help somebody in the body of Christ. You can come alongside them, and you can speak words of hope over them. Like, your words are on another level than somebody who says, hey, it's going to be okay. God wants to use you to speak into their life to lift that dark cloud off of them. Some of you are here, and you have a lot of doubts when I, I talk about Jesus or I talk about the hope of Jesus and even spiritual gifts, anything to do with Christianity or spirituality, you're just like, I, I, I want to believe. I want to believe. Or maybe there's, maybe there's an issue in your life that you want to believe that God is going to bring you through. Listen, some of you have the spiritual gift of faith. There's just something in you that you believe on a whole nother level than other people do. And that person is waiting on you to come alongside them and say, you can do this. Have faith. Believe in God. And when a person like that comes along and they begin to speak into your life, there's just something that happens that you go, you have the courage to believe and to take the next step. Why is that? Because it's a spiritual gift. Because the spirit of the living God that is inside of you is working through you to another believer. And so when the Spirit of God works through you and you speak, your spirit and the Spirit of God touches their spirit and something happens that I don't even know how to explain. It's amazing. And it's so important for each of us that we use our gifts well to serve one another. It's your gift matters, And it matters in this church. It matters in your family. It matters. God wants to use you to impact people's lives and make a difference. I see this all the time here. When it comes to using your gifts well to serve one another, that's why I love pastoring this church. (laughs) You guys are amazing at it. You're amazing. Some of you know the gifts you have. Some of you don't even know you're operating in your spiritual gift. Some of you have the spiritual gift of helps. It's crazy to watch you. I don't have that gift. Laura has that spiritual gift of helps. I don't understand it. Like when you see somebody operating in a gift and you're like, I I wouldn't do that. I don't understand it. I don't get it. A lot of times it's because you don't have that gift. I don't have that gift, but you do. And the spiritual gift of helps you have this unique ability about you to plug in wherever you're needed. What you want to know is, where do you need my help it's funny to watch. I've seen people like, they'll go back and they'll serve in the kids' ministry. They'll be a greeter at the front door. They'll go back in the kitchen. They'll make coffee. They'll be in here stuffing, uh, stuffing the back of chairs. They'll be in after service cleaning up. They'll go back to the sound. They'll go everywhere. They're just like, where, where do you need me? Where do you need me? That's where you have the spiritual gift of helps. You are needed in this church. You are needed in this body. It's amazing to me to watch you operate. Some of you have the spiritual gift of teaching. And I'm, as, as a former children and youth pastor, I'm telling you, I love that. I went back into the kids' ministry this morning. I was standing back in 252 Avenue, and I was watching one of the teachers studying his lesson. And I was like, man, this is just so awesome. He's using his gift to teach children to love God. On Wednesday nights, I watch all of our small group leaders, and they they come every Wednesday night. Some of them come with their kids. Some of them have to find babysitters for their kids. They give up events. They give up time with their families. They come in, and they have this gift of teaching, and they get around in a small circle with young people, and they begin to teach, and they begin to open the word to, to teenagers and young people. My own children, every week, are being taught the word of God. It's amazing to watch you do that. It's so much fun. Some of you have the gift of intercession of prayer. One of my favorite things to do every Sunday is to take my microphone off and and walk around and come over here and to pray. But it's not so much the praying as it is as I watch all these people, these different people, many of them who have the gift of intercession. and, And they're just so glad to be able to pray with people. And people are coming forward. Many of you, you come and you're, you're in a hopeless situation or you're struggling or you, you have a family member or whatever that issue or struggle is you're dealing with. and you're Man, I need prayer. And we're going to do that at the end of the service. We do it at the end of every service. And the reason you're so compelled to come forward and have somebody pray with you is because these people have that gift and they're using it well every week. I love that about this church. Because spiritual gifts are given for spiritual growth in you and those around you. Now, it's awesome that we have a gift. I think it's amazing that we have a gift. But, but Peter says, you got to use it. you, you got to use your gift. Look at verse 11. He says this, do it. Do it. In other words, use your gift. All right? Hey, just turn to somebody right now and say, get off your lazy butt and use your gift. Come on. You've been wanting to say that for a long time to that person, have you not? Don't just stop with get off your lazy butt. That's just, that's not right, okay? He said, get off your lazy butt. All right? Some of you are right now, can we say that in church? I don't know. Is that right? I can't say that. I don't know if I can come here anymore. They just said that. word. I think that's a four-letter word. I'm not going to. We need to be using our gifts. And so Peter says, "Do it with all the all the what? Strength and energy. Now say it like you mean it. Strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do, this is big. This is big. It will what? Bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. Man, one thing that keeps us from using our gifts is that we're tired. That we're wore out. That we're busy." And we're stressed. I mean that, that's that's so common. Yeah, I, I think of it like this, man. Everybody's got a big butt. Everybody's got to turn to somebody and tell them you got a big no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> that would that would end really wrong for many of you. We all got a big butt sometimes, don't we? Well, I'd serve, but I'm really busy. Well, I, I'd serve. I'd use my spiritual gifts, but, man, I just, not a good, not a good season, not a good time. And I, and I understand that there's some of you, you're operating your gifts and you're serving. You don't need to do another thing. I understand there are seasons also in our lives and times when things are, are difficult and you, you just need to sit and have the Holy Spirit speak over it. I get all that, but I'm just saying there, there are times, and this is what the prophet Isaiah says. He says this, he, being God, gives power to the weak and strength to the weak. To the powerless. Peter says it this way if God gave you the gift, He's gonna supply the strength, He's gonna supply all the energy that you need to use it. Listen, don't let those excuses limit you. If God put the gift in you, He'll give you the strength and the energy and the ability to use that gift. All right, let, me, let me just step out just a little bit. Let me step a little more on this. because, And this is, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you, you get to check out for just a moment. But if you're a follower of Jesus, let me just step on you just a little bit, okay? Think in terms of the day that you're going to meet Jesus, the glorious day that we as followers of Jesus, finally, finally I'm going to escape all of this and I get to be with my Savior. And imagine you're standing in front of him and he says, hey, um, I, I put some gifts in you um, why didn't you use them imagine if your response was well I was busy I was, I was tired I was, man, I was just, it wasn't, wasn't a good time for me man may that never be said about us May we be the kind of people who stand before God, and he says, hey, I, I put a gift in you, and I put a, a gift in you, and you, and you, and a gift in you, and you, and you, and you're standing there, and he says, good job. Man, let me introduce you to some people here who are impacted, who are changed, and I want to line them up, because I want you to meet them, and I, I and I want you to see how your gift was used, and in that moment, you're like, wait, 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 hey, whoa, whoa, time out, time out, Jesus, Time out. Uh, Don't you mean that's the pastor? Don't you mean the pastor? You want the pastor, right? Because he's the one who prays that little prayer at the end, and he's the one who makes it. No, no, he's like, no, Brad's Brad's over there somewhere, okay? Come over here. Let me show you. And he starts showing you all the people that were impacted because you used your gift for the kingdom of God. What an amazing testimony that would be. I think that's why Peter says, when we use our gifts well to serve one another, God is glorified. God is is glorified and imagine imagine if we all operated in our spiritual gifts imagine the impact on this church and then the impact that would have on this city like people would come in here and they would find hope because you used your gift they would find peace because you used your gift they would find forgiveness and they would find a second chance at life they would find their place in God's family because you used your gift that would be amazing Wow, you wouldn't be able to keep people away. They would just be coming in by the truckloads because they'd go, you got to meet these people. You got to meet these people. That would be our story. So do you know your gift? And are you using your gift for God's glory? Let's pray together. God, in this moment, prepare our hearts. Speak to us in this moment. What do you want to say to each of us? What is is our next step? If you're a follower of Jesus, let me talk to you first. If you're a follower of Jesus, maybe you don't know your spiritual gifts. You're like, man, I, I want to know my gifts. I I, I want to be counted. I, I want to make a difference. I want to know that, man, I want to help somebody. I, I didn't know I could help somebody. I want to help somebody and I, I want to know what that gift is so I can use it for God's glory. Or maybe, maybe you already know your gift, but you've just not been using that gift. But today, you would say this: I am gonna surrender to myself. I, I need to surrender my busyness, I need to surrender my tiredness, I need to surrender my stress. I need to surrender myself so his gifts can come alive in me. I want to use my gifts for him. If that's you, you say, man, I want to use my gifts in this church and for his glory, would you just lift your hand so I know how to pray for you? Thank you. God, thank you for those who are raising their hands right now and making a commitment to you to say, use my gift. And I pray in this moment that your Holy Spirit would come upon them and they would know. I've given you gifts. And I pray as they as they begin this journey of learning their gifts, God, that you'd show them their place and how to operate in that gift and how to use that gift. But today, would you just confirm in them, I have a gift for you. I'm giving it to you to use for my glory. Every head still bowed. You, if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you into a relationship with him. There's no greater decision you'll ever make in your life than to follow him. What does it mean to follow Jesus? It's what I said a few minutes ago, and it's this. You recognize you're a sinner. You recognize I've messed up. I've made mistakes. Listen, everybody here feels that way. Everybody here is messed up. Everybody here has made mistakes. But you say today, I know that, and I need God to take it away from me. And I do believe Jesus is the Son of God, and he did die on a cross, and the whole reason for that cross was so you didn't have to carry that sin, that shame, and that brokenness anymore. And here's what's gonna happen to you. Here's what's gonna happen. As you begin to pray and confess your sins to him, and as you begin to turn and follow him, the Holy Spirit is gonna come in you, and he's gonna begin birthing gifts in you today. 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 Maybe you've been far from him. Maybe maybe for you, you were a follower of Jesus or you were with him at one point. And you know, Brad, I, I've just walked away from him. I've been away from God for quite a while. I just need to come back. I won't embarrass you. I won't point you out. Every head bowed. I just want to know how to pray for you today. So if you say today, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life or I'm coming back to him after a long time, would you just raise your hand just so I can see who you are, okay? won't pick you out. won't make you come up here. Thank you. In the front. Anybody else? Today, I'm going to make a commitment to follow Jesus. Maybe as a follower of Jesus, you have some friends or some family members that are very far from God, and you want God to help you to be bold. And you want to you want to be an influence on their life, or you want God to bring others into their life that can help lead them to Jesus. You want to pray for them as well. Would you lift your hand if you you got some people you want us to pray for? Thank you. God, This moment, I thank you for those who are coming back to you. For those, God, who are making that commitment to follow you for the very first time, and for those who've been away from you for a long time, I pray in this moment that they can just take their sin, give it to you, the shame, and give it to you and say, All right, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you that your spirit is coming into them, that you're taking up residence in their life, and you're going to begin birthing these gifts within them. We praise you for that today. For God, for those of us here that have friends and family members that are very far from you, God, would you use us? Help us to be bold. Help us to be bold in their lives. Help us to speak truth into their lives. And we pray you'd bring other men and women alongside them that can also speak into their life. And together, we can help lead them to the cross of Christ and to forgiveness. Praise be to your name for all that you do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's give God a hand clap for life change. Yes.